Welcome to another episode of the Bulls Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Kenyatta Wright. This is my co-host, Mr. Greg Love from Chicago, Illinois, the home of the deep dish pizza. What's going on? Playoffs, Greg. Down the down to business. You ready for the playoffs? <laughs> man, I I guess. I mean, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we got it. Let I me mean, let's just put it that way. We got a special guest from the Bullseye Facebook group. Our first time having a guest on the show from the Bullseye Facebook group, Mr. Katara. Did I said that right? Close enough, Kataka, or you gonna be KG for short? Okay, Mr. KG. All right, so we are gonna pay some bills. We are gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna dive into the Bulls season in a nutshell. Why do I believe this is the front office fault this entire season? What this Bulls can do to Maxwell, Milwaukee, and defense? And we're just going to, you know, rush down the full season in the nutshell for the most part. All that and more. You want the most uncensored and blunt podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast. As only K-Dub and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and all social media platforms. All right, so we're back on the Bulls Guys podcast. And Greg, the Bulls season in a nutshell, man, um, they fall from number one to number six. They will be playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. And maybe I bit off a little more than I can chew because I believe I made a statement saying against AK, I hope that the Bulls draw the biggest draw in the playoffs so AK can learn his lesson. But it looked like when the Bulls clinched or the Bulls opponent clinched their seed, and it seems like I knew at that point that the Bulls were going to face the Milwaukee Bucks. It seems like I was getting a little bit of my own medicine, Greg. What do you think about the Bulls matching up against the Milwaukee Bucks? Why do you, how do you think we got to this point? Well, if we're looking at the season in a nutshell, right? Like, I think, I think we, we kind of fed into everything that was going on, especially kind of based from the past few years, uh, how they've been kind of middling, and I'm saying that to be nice, um, to actually being like in the playoff picture right like it's been a little bit of time since we've actually been in the thick of a playoff picture not just like oh we're fighting for the ac but actually in the thick of it um so i think we you know we fed into the excitement a bit and especially like okay we set our expectations we talked about it in our first show right like you set your expectation on the number one seed i remember you saying that and i remember i was saying like ah, i see them around five or six uh, and during the season, you know, you have the ebbs and flows and it looked like you were right for most of the season and they kind of came back down. Uh, so I think if we really look at it upon reflection, I look at this season as a good kind of step forward, because if we look at any of the, you know, Bulls teams, like I know you mentioned, you know, through text messages that, you know, we're a championship organization, which is very true. But if we want to be real, we haven't been a championship organization in like 20 years, right? So we kind of got to get back and take that foundational step. The first step is getting to the playoffs. So I'm not going to sit up here and be one of those guys who would be like, oh yeah, I'm just happy to be here type of thing. Like, no, I want to go in and make some noise, but I also want to be realistic. 
I really don't see them beating Milwaukee in the way that they've been playing, the way that they've played Milwaukee, and the way that Milwaukee's playing. So, you know, I, I'm glad. Like, I, I honestly, I best case scenario, I think it goes six games. Um, I think you know, Demar and Zach, I think they'll get you a game. Uh, but I, I do think at the end, they're just lack of defense on a pick and roll and lack of low post kind of presence and defense is going to kill them and Giannis is going to feast on them off of that. KG? Uh, man, where I begin? Uh, like Greg said, we all had these high expectations. Uh, I know some guys had expectations, you know, especially when they were starting up hot and, you know, went to the first seed. Uh, I, I didn't think it was going to be Number one, to be honest with you, I was thinking more so in the top three or four, especially early on as, you know, as we were doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, then it just got exposed. I mean, I knew we was going to have a hard time last offseason when they did not address the big situation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be an issue. I'm looking around the league and, you know, you got your Embiid's, you know, you got your Giannis, um, you know, you had Brooke Lopez, you know, you got your Bam. Yeah. And when they kept just adding guards, I was like, why are they not addressing the big situation? Mm-hmm. That, that was the first thing that I knew. That's the reason why I said, you know what? We're not going to be a top seed. We're probably going to be maybe three or four. And you remember uh, me and UKG, we kept talking about that in Bullseye Group. Yes, and we were getting a lot of flat. Uh, and I will also say, man, when they didn't address anything during the trade deadline, they were... <laughs> They were stuck on Pat Williams. Now, don't get me wrong. Pat played his butt off. He played his butt off, and he proved me wrong so far. So far, and that's where I was five last night, man. Exactly. So he 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 been watching. He been learning. So I mean, I'm gonna admit I was wrong so far, but they still didn't address the big situation. I think if they would have got rid of, took a chance to get rid of Kobe. I'm not I'm not sold on Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I'm not sold on Kobe was the fact that, I mean, I know he's a big de- defensive liability. So how we got to this point is that we got a lot of guys that don't play defense and we didn't address the big situation. And I don't see us winning one game in this Milwaukee series. Yeah. And, I, and I agree. You done, good, KG? Yep, I'm done. Um, to key on both of you guys' points, man, um, and KG and, and Greg, because I've been doing this show with Greg for a minute now. Y'all both familiar with my opinion on this whole deal. And listen, my thing was the whole time is that, okay, I understand you're building for the future and you're using this season to see what happens and you're going to go all in next year. But when the Bulls came out the gate and just started blasting everybody and it was a number one, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm putting my fingers on my chin and I'm like, all right, all right, you know, this is what y'all plan was, but this team showed that they can exceed your expectations. They're a number one seed, but they just need a few tweaks here and there. So when we started losing and getting exposed, you know, here and there, KG, we still was maintaining our number one record, but we weren't beating the, the, the teams that we were supposed to, you know, co- uh, compete against and prove ourselves against. We weren't beating the good teams and I'm like, okay, you can clearly see that we're number one and we're holding on by a thread and we're playing against these good teams that are exposing our size on the inside. So that was AK's opportunity when the trade deadline came up to make their moves. 
And when he didn't make those moves, I'm like, dude, how can you not make a move? And everybody that we played against that was beating our asses, you know, mm-hmm. we were playing these good teams, they all got better. They all made moves. So mm-hmm. how can you stand pat when you couldn't beat them when they didn't make moves? So yep. I just thought that whole complacency thing is what hurt us. And mm-hmm. then when we came back and he he went with the um he wanted to go to the buyout market and he just grabbed Tristan Thompson and that was it. And I'm like, okay, you ain't gonna grab nobody else. Um, <laughs> right. It, it was to, it was to shut you up. You wanted a big man, he got you a big man. Yeah, that's, but that's I, what just, it was. I just felt like this this uh um um this trade deadline was felt with big men. You know, uh yeah. we know Christian Woods was having problems with the Rockets. He didn't want to be there. He was talking back to his coach. They wanted to part ways. So Christian Wood was on the market. Then you had the Indiana Pacers was giving up some bonus and and Turner. Turner wanted to get out of there. Dirt cheap. Dirt cheap, they get rid of Sabonis. Yeah, but I think once Sabonis got out of town, I think Miles Turner stayed. So I think it was an issue where Miles Turner didn't want to play a certain position. Then when he seen Sabonis was out of there, he like, all right, I want to stay. But (laughs) There were still some guys on the board. Like, they had Porzingis who went to Washington. You know? You mean to tell me that Porzingis wouldn't have wanted to come to Chicago instead of Washington? It's like, I just felt like they didn't try hard enough. And I felt like a couple teams asked for Pat. And I understand, that's AK's baby. He brought Pat in. So we know that Pat is probably going to be the last guy to go. Zach will probably even go before Pat goes. Because that's his baby. He's not going to, that's his project, his personal project. AK went out specifically and got that player. So he's not going to give him up. Yeah. And that's the crazy part is that he needs a lot of work on himself, but he's the golden goose. He's not going to get touched by anybody. Yeah. But I felt like he built the team right, but when the team showed that it has a couple leaks, he wasn't really to repair those leaks. And now because you didn't repair those leaks, now we got a flood in here, buddy. buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let me play devil's advocate for you, though. Right, so let's say AK was looking at the trade market, right? And I think I brought this up before, right? Like, what do the Bulls have to trade that's really like anybody would really want? You said you got Kobe, right? You got Kobe, maybe Troy Brown Jr. Like, I know, I know, K Dub, you've been trying to get rid of Vooch forever, right? Like, me, me too, me too. At, at, but at the same time, right? Like based on how he's playing is he really wanted like I mean, we've been eager to kind of get rid of him right like mm-hmm. everybody else could kind of see that right it's like okay you know what you get you kind of get these empty calorie stats yeah he's putting up these double doubles but not in points that really matter so is he re- like is he that great a tradable asset and like you said all right i'm not giving up pat i'm not getting up io you're not getting rid of zach and damar like and the rest is just kind of filler, guys, really, like, if we're being honest. But so, it's, it's still on AK. Let me tell I'm, you why. I, I'm just saying, like, how, like, if if you look at it from that situation, me, like, what let do me, you have to give up, though? Well, let me like, show you what he did that we didn't even need to make no moves. Okay. See, I'm looking at this from different angles, and a lot of Bulls fans is not looking at it from these different angles. He had some guys in the front court that were defensively competent. And Stanley Johnson and Cook. He gave yes. up Stanley Johnson and let Stanley Johnson go. I'm like, hold up. Stanley Johnson started the training camp with us. I seen how he was playing defense. I'm like, yo, we need to keep this guy. You remember nope. me telling you that, right, KG? 
Yep, and he playing. He balled at the Lakers. He's balling. He, he went to the Lakers and balled. I'm like, yo, why y'all ain't keep him? And then we yeah. still struggling defensively, and he over there balling, playing good defense with the Lakers. That's yeah, one. You mentioned that. Yeah, you mentioned that. That's one. And then we had Cook on our roster. Cook had some good games. They sent this dude to the G League. I don't know if he was on a two-way contract. I heard he was on a two-way. Yeah, yeah. He played last night. Right. He played last night. He played pretty good. Yeah. But he played some solid def- defense on the inside, and yeah. they got rid of him. So I'm like, I'm grabbing my chin again, KG. And I'm like, how we get rid of these guys that defend? And now we sit in here struggling, trying to find defensive guys in the, in the trade deadline. We had the guys. You could have played Cook with Thompson. Right. You could have played them together. So that yep. was one. So in the offseason, before all of this, they had a chance to get McGee. When I found out what McGee oh, yeah. signed with the Suns for, how much he got paid to go to the Suns, I was furious, KG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So AK, never his mind was never on getting defensive bigs. His whole idea was to get guys to play small ball. Because like I told you on the other podcast, Greg, look, Javante Green is not a power forward. No, he's not. And all season they've been using this guy, trying to make him play power forward. And even though he hustles, he's clearly outmatched. Yeah, he's undersized. You yep. can't teach height, bro. I don't care yeah. how hard he works. Yeah. Yep. But I guess my question is, though, like I know we're putting a lot of this on AK, especially with the small ball. Like we've talked about small ball to death about how like they're doing it in the most ass backwards way. But I I can't sit up here and totally put it all on AK in the sense of like Billy Donovan had to have some say in the construction of the roster. Not necessarily the players, but in the sense of, okay, this is the ball that I want to play. So these are the type of players that I need, right? Like AK just didn't go and decide like, oh, you're going to play small ball and Billy Donovan was like, okay. Right, like I'm, I'm pretty sure like this was Billy Donovan's idea to play small ball. And to your point, like you said, Stanley Johnson balling in LA, playing great defense, but it still doesn't it still doesn't solve the big's problem. Like he would still be undersized and having to go up against Giannis and things like that, like an Embiid. Still doesn't solve that problem. It just doesn't solve your problem. But you know, game. but you know how he would have alleviated that, Greg, because he played with effort. A lot of these guys that we have, and and I think. Um, Stanley Johnson is, is a little bit bigger than um, Javante Green, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, everybody got about an inch or two over him. Yeah, he's about six, about six seven or something like that. So yeah. he could have he could have served as a even if you didn't you didn't use him for Giannis, could have used him for Middleton in this series. Stanley yeah. Johnson or Middleton. But it's just yeah, like yo, not- you needed bodies. And then another thing that I have a problem with. Sorry to cut you off, Greg. Another problem that I have with with Billy Donovan per se. And I'm going jousting and back and forth today with a, a daggone bullseye member trying to convince me that Tibbs is a better, uh, um, Billy Donovan is a better coach than Tibbs. And I'm like, dude, are you nah. smoking crack? Nah, nah. Tibbs, nah. I don't care how much you say Tibbs lost in the playoffs. He's still accomplished in that little bit of time that he was with the Bulls more than Billy Donovan has ever achieved. Right. So you just can't yeah. say that. Oh, he got he got fired this many times. It doesn't matter. Right. He got twenty five playoff victories to fifteen with Billy Donovan. The numbers just not matching up. What the stats say? I don't give a damn about stats. I care about results. And he won more than him. So right. it doesn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? But my I mean, thing is going back to to Billy Donovan. What I hate about him. COVID came right. So COVID basically forced us to use eight guys. Yeah. So when COVID was over and the guys came back, I'm like, okay, is Cook hurt? Is um Troy Brown Jr. hurt? 
he got these guys sitting on the bench just not playing and just going with still the same eight-man rotation and wonder why we're getting tired, why teams is blowing us out when our bench come in. Because he's only using two or three guys off the bench. He don't trust them. He don't trust them, guys. But he has to use them because you can't, exactly. you can't make the, wear these guys down. So in that way, he's like this because he wears yeah. down his players. Yeah, that was Tibbs' biggest issue was running everybody into the ground. Yeah, I just so, don't think – I don't think Donovan really – I don't think he really adjusts well, man. Because if you notice, I mean, I know you got DeRozan, you don't want to piss DeRozan off, but sometimes you gotta you gotta get out of your comfort zone. If DeRozan and Zach is holding that damn ball too long, yeah. that's how teams are game planning. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like that every single game. And as a coach, Billy Donovan need to like stop. I think he's a yes man. Yeah. I. You know what I'm saying? And that's the reason, that's his number one mistake. He's been a yes man, and they brought this guy in to be a yes man. Because if that was Tibbs, if that was Phil Jackson, he'd be like, look, dude, you holding the ball too damn much. Yeah. You got to move that ball around. So these teams are game plan. Everybody know that, okay, fourth quarter, they're going to give it to the Rosen. Let's start doubling, triple teaming. Every single team done that. The bad teams and the good teams. Yeah. So number one, he don't adjust, he don't do his adjustments well. Two, he's a yes man. And three, like K Dub said, you gotta you gotta use all your players. If, if then you got a question, damn, but you got the right um the right guy to teach the bids. You got a big man coach. I mean, who who who's who's teaching these guys to, to play? You know, you got Bradley. I don't even know why you signed Bradley. Mm, why you got this dude? This dude done, right. This dude is like seven feet and soft. He like another Felicio to me. Well, hold on, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna t- but I'm going to tell you something real quick, and you might not agree with me. So the Bulls last night, uh, they had 30, um, they had 22 team assists. And they had uh, fast break points, they had 15. Um, but the point of the reason why I brought up these stats is because I realized last night DeMar DeRozan is the problem. You, These guys are watching and sitting around and watching this guy dribble the ball, dribble the ball, dribble the ball, and isolate and mm-hmm. shoot. And they're mm-hmm. not getting touches. So what do you think that's going to do with their activity and their enthusiasm? They're not going to want to work hard. Right. They want to touch the ball as well. Pat Williams scored <laughs> 35 last night. Ayo had 26. And you had Bradley even had 11 and 8 off the bench. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. So, yeah. is, so with that said, KG, is the problem our players or is it the system that we're running? It's both. Yeah. Both. <laughs> I, I know I've been talking about this for I don't know how many times that I've mentioned like there is no offensive system. It right. literally has been Demar is your turn, Zach is your turn. Like that yep. has been the yep. system. And that's what I've like like you said, like there's times where you could just watch Demar gets a rebound, and you know nobody else is touching the ball. But I think that's the Billy Dowd of time. To your point in him being a yes man, and to me this kind of mirrors the Lakers and Frank Vogel in the sense of like Frank Vogel had no power no say with anybody at any point in that organization right so like Billy Donovan kind of reminds me of that of he like you said he can't go to DeMar and be like hey pass the ball all right you don't get fired right you can't go to Zach and be like pass the ball mm-hmm. all right that's not gonna work you can't go to AK and be like hey I need you to make these moves or whatever because these dudes ain't doing it no that's not mm-hmm. gonna work so it's just him just trying to be like okay well i guess sure let's let's try to make the best of this right like oh we won cool and say all you know say all the right stuff to the media the only way i feel like i 
I'm not going to give Billy Donovan the pass. But it, the only way I can give the Bulls the pass is if you are purely using Billy Donovan as a bridge coach. If that's your plan, I'm fine with it. Like, get him in to get like, okay, this is what a taste of winning looks like. And then get your guy, whoever that's going to be, to take them to the next level. Kind of similar to what Golden State did with Mark Jackson, right? Like, they're like, oh, okay, cool, Mark Jackson, you got us to this point. We suck. We got Steph, we got Clay here. Let's mold them. Okay, cool. You ready for a champion? All right, let's bring Steve Curry. Or even if you look with the Bulls, did back with Doug Collins, they moved on to Phil Jackson, right? Like, okay, cool, right. we ready to go to the next level, right? Like, if that is your purpose with Billy Donovan, fine. Kind of get us that taste of winning, get us in the playoffs, mm-hmm. whatever. But your signings don't reflect that. Like, signing, you know, a 37 DeMar DeRozan does not reflect that Billy Donovan is going to be a bridge coach, right? Like, it says, like, okay, we're trying to go all in now because he only got a three-year contract. He's only getting older. So, like at, at that point, I'm like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, what is your purpose? Did you want a yes man? Is that what you wanted? Because we, like, we had that. We had that with Boylan. We had that with Fred Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. We had that. We know what that's like. Billy so we, Donovan. That's not what we're looking for. Billy Donovan and AK are too smart for their own good. Because I believe in my heart. I don't care what anybody says. I believe in my heart. Since the season started, they were set set on just getting this team to qualify for the playoffs. I agree. Because. Yeah. Nobody expected them to come out the gate and just start blasting everybody like that and get the number one. I did. KG heard me say they was going to be number one, and so yeah. did you, Greg. Yeah. I expected it because I look at the makeup of the team. I'm like, hold up. They got Caruso coming off the bench, and then you got Vooch yeah. in the paint, and then you got two guys and DeMar and Zach that could create their own shot, and then you yeah. got Kobe coming off the bench that could hit threes, and then you have Javante for defense. They, the makeup of the team, they just have so – they were so dynamic. And when I seen them play against Milwaukee, the very first game, Greg, I swear to God, I was looking at the game in my room and I'm like, they could beat Milwaukee. But I don't think Billy Donovan knows how to beat Milwaukee. Milwaukee don't want to play no full court game. And when the Bulls kept getting out and running on them, they were scoring on them easy. If you look at that that, that first game where they played in in the UC, and if you look in the first half, every time the Bulls got out and ran, they were scoring on Milwaukee very easy. They were dunking on them. Yeah, it's because showboating on them. Yeah, and, they can't set Mil- up their D. Yeah, Milwaukee couldn't like really it put a hand slow. on them. And then I, yeah, and then I seen as the game kept progressing, guys, they kept trying to force the Bulls into a half court game because they knew they couldn't play against them. I'm telling you, if Billy Donovan look at that tape, he should know if he's a real coach that how to beat the Bucks. See, I'm telling you, if they do that, now, I'm not guaranteeing they're gonna win, but it's gonna be a tougher series than people think. I guess my issue with that, though, is they played them three more times after that. Like, that's the thing. Like, he should have been looked at that tape if that was the case. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, that. that's my issue. Like, okay, like I said, if you did it the next game, like, okay, we, you know, I see, I noticed this pattern. But no, he made zero adjustments. It was still, okay, DeMar is your turn. Okay, Zach is your turn. Mm-hmm. And letting Milwaukee set, as long as Milwaukee is, like, as big as they are, that's not going to work. Like, DeMar's right. not going to be able to work his mid-range game when you yeah. got everybody seven feet and athletic. It's not. It's just not going to work. But one thing right. I learned about big men when I even played the game, they don't like to run up and down the floor, and they're not going to get up and down the floor faster than a guard. Exactly. That's why you want them to run. Because yeah. even if they got the ball on their end, and they trying to get on, let's say they, let's say you miss a shot, 
and then they try to get down. You got to get your defense to set up and put a, a, a barricade between yeah. them and the basket. You got to get down there before them. They're taller yeah. than you. You got to guard in packs. You can't guard one-on-one because they're taller than you. And you got to make them feel uncomfortable as possible. You got to make their big men make decisions with the ball. As soon as they turn around, I want to play on his side. I want to play on this side. And I want to play it behind him and force him to pass that ball out and force them into a perimeter game. And then you switch up again and you play them. You play your man-to-man and you press half court as they go into a shooting concept. And then when they try to go back in again, you do the same thing. But you got to keep switching it up. You got to pick your poison. You can't just let this team just come down, play a half-court style, and just back your guys down. I've seen AO on on Giannis. I'm like, oh, well, that's not going to work. Right. It's just not going to work. He's going to score. So it's like, okay, you have to figure out something else. And you're right, Greg. How did they beat us the same way for four straight games? That's why I think he's a good coach. That's coaching. That's that's straight up coaching. Uh, And I noticed. You can catch me. You can catch me one game. You can catch me twice. But how did you beat me constantly and without me making adjustments? And I'm not just talking about game by game. Quarter by quarter, you're just letting your team do the same thing and just getting burnt the same way every quarter. Yeah, it's not it's not the fact that you lost, it's how you lost. The fact that you lost the exact same way four straight games says you don't know how to make adjustments. Exactly. Because I mean I noticed that every time they bring the ball up the court, it's like everybody's like the whole damn team is in the middle and leaving their shooters open. Because I done seen Grayson Allen and uh, Connington and all them cats just popping easy threes. You know, second, I mean, coaching, they're not teaching the guys how to get around picks. I mean, you got guys easily switching mm-hmm. and you got guys that easily can't get around, get around a pick. Nobody's communicating. When I played in the game in some leagues, we communicated, pick left, pick right. You know what I'm saying? Or we and send then, a guy to, to his weak side and you got another guy waiting there for him. And if you don't pick that up, your teammate and the coach going to get on your ass. Exactly. Exactly. There's no again. accountability, man, on this team. Not at all. Again, so. that's coaching. That, like that, like all of that is, co- right? Like it, it's one thing if you do it one time, right? Like it's like, oh, okay, like that's on me, my bad. But if you allow these habits to continue and it's not corrected, like that, like that's on the coach, right? Like the coach mm-hmm. is not, not sitting up there saying like, hey, on these pick and rolls, call out switches, call out what, like, no, like, they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. You're getting the same results. And it's like, oh, why are they scoring? Oh, because you're not communicating. Well, you, mm-hmm. like, no, you're not telling me to. You're not saying anything. You just let me do it. How am I supposed to know I'm doing something wrong if you're not telling me? Here's the thing, though. If we take out all the X and O's, and I don't even count that, let's just look at it from this standpoint. From you started the season, they deemed you a failure and called you a playing team. They disrespect you on all of these panels, on the ESPN shows and everything. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about you and put you in discussions. They don't call out your name when you're one of the best teams in the league. Shouldn't that motivate you and say, yo, how can they disrespect us like that? Let us go out here and fight for a cause. Exactly. I don't even see them get angry about people downing them. I didn't even see them get angry when Grayson Allen almost took the team in out. Exactly. I want to see these guys get angry and take something personal and say, yo, we the Bulls, man. We was number one in the East. We represented this whole conference for most of the year. What are they talking about? We ain't a team that can come out. We think we could come out. And it just feel like they just go out there and just go through the motions and let, let me just do my job and just show up. 
dude, he has to have a goal, man. This team was built to win a title. As much draft picks as we gave up and as much money as we spent on this team, I'm not trying to hear nothing about, oh, let's just see what happens this year. No, then I would have kept my draft picks. Exactly. exactly. I would have kept my draft picks and we were just seeing what happens this year. Why did you give up all these draft picks? You see what I'm saying? So I'm not knocking your their, their, their position and how they're looking at this season. I'm knocking at what you did to achieve that. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. that, And I think this kind of sums up the bull season. The angriest I remember them getting is what I remember I told you I went to that game in Memphis. And uh, Tony Bradley got into it with Jop. That was the angriest I saw him. And Steven Adams picked him up like a toddler and took him away. And it squashed <laughs> all of that. Right. <laughs> like that. Like that is kind of the epitome of the Bulls season. Like at a point, like you hear, you know, you hear DeMar, you hear Zach saying like, oh, these losses are unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like, oh, okay, cool. That's what I want to hear, right? Like I want to hear some fire. Right, like I want to hear you guys are tired of losing, and then you go out and get blown out by twenty five, right? And it's like, what, like, what was all that you were saying, right. right? Like, and it's like, it it seems to me, honestly, I think the Bulls need a new voice. That's, See, I, that's let me, me tell you, but, but let me show you when I knew it was done, Greg. To key on what you were saying about getting blown out by twenty five, they remember that game they lost the first game to um, the Brooklyn. And they I believe, the Warriors. yeah, they lost Derrick Jones in that in that Brooklyn game. Yeah, early in the game too. And I think mm-hmm. the never very next game they lost Zach, right? Yeah, yep. And, and that was back to back at the UC, and they got blown out by Brooklyn, and they got blown out by the Warriors. So, not only was I upset about them saying, "Well, you know, guys are out," you didn't even like renege. I mean, go. You didn't even like redeem yourself in the next game. You got blown out again, and then your your excuse for that, well, guys are injured. We lost uh, some of the best play, dude. I don't care who got hurt. You still right. have to go out there and get the job done. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, but, and that's yeah. the, that's how Tibbs Tibbs teams was built. That's yeah. why I'm not letting these guys on Bullseye Group tell me that this guy is better than um, Tibbs was. Tib, you, we could have put five of us with, out there with Tibbs, and Tibbs going to get us the win. Well, yeah, I guess the, the thing is, the, the difference with Tibbs and Billy Donovan is, with Tibbs, D. Rose goes down, and all of a sudden, Joe Kim Noah is top five in MVP people. Vote, yeah. Right? Like, with Billy Donovan, and this is the thing that I talk about, like, as much as everybody gets on Tibbs about, you know, his offense and how, you know, how trash it is, like, at least he's out there running a system. Billy Donovan does not run a system. When Zach goes down, everybody knows DeMar's getting the ball. Like everybody in their mama know DeMar is getting the ball. DeMar gets the ball. And it's like, like you said, okay, we'll just send five guys at him. He's not going to pass it. He's just going to try yeah. to shoot over everybody. That makes it extremely easy to defend. And that's why you're getting blown out. And like you said, the entire season, it was, oh, you know, this guy's hurt. That guy's hurt. So, you know, when we're at full strength, when, you know, when we're healthy, we'll see what happens. When we're at full strength, that was the excuse the entire year. And what, no. did, I say, and what did I say about that, Greg? I'm like, hold up. Everybody's hurt. <laughs> no, no, not that. I was like, hold on. I'm doing the numbers of when they're coming back. They're not going to be back until the playoffs about to start. So you mean to tell me you're going to wait until they come back to play? You're going right. to be messed up by then. Yeah, but I mean, the thing that's is- exactly what happened, KG. They fell and fell and fell because they sitting there yep. waiting for guys to come yep. back. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm going to take it a step further since you guys mentioned a, a good thing about they need a voice. And I'm going to go back a little bit. What's messing them up is this so-called culture. 
if you think about it, when we had Jimmy Butler and D Wade, how they was tied when everybody else was when the Bulls was getting their ass kicked, they weren't playing right, and how the two of them got in everybody's asses and spoke up. And, and guess what happened? Their growth, I mean, um, D Wade ended up leaving, and Jimmy Butler ended up leaving. Same issue right now. You got guys that afraid to just you know to speak up because they're probably afraid of hurting the culture. Do you do you think that Zach Levine and DeRozan are getting in people's asses? I know Tristan Thompson ain't got no problem because he yeah, he got a championship. He got a couple what one or two championships. And we've seen them in action too. And we've seen them in action. <laughs> so you gonna need you gonna need about five or six Tristan Thompsons. You know, if even if it, even if bought out, you got to fight the damn argument with the coach. It's like Spolster and Jimmy Butler, but guess what? That shit worked, and they was rolling. You know what I'm saying? So they got to get out of that, trying to maintain that old good culture, man. They got, and like you said, man, we got they got to think about winning. Here's the thing: I don't give a damn who is out because we got our ass kicked by some teams that was missing some guys, and they didn't like. I don't care who's out; we still going to lay down the boots. Exactly. And I've seen that firsthand from the Golden State Warriors, from some other teams that were injured. They didn't let that stop them from going, listen, if y'all hungry, you're not going to care who's out. You're going to say, yo, next man up, and you're going to try to figure out a way to win. And to me personally, I don't think these guys are hungry enough. There's guys on here that are hungry, but for the most part, they're not a hungry team. You got guys that are coming from the G League that he put on his team that don't really have nothing to play for. You see what I'm saying? They don't have nothing to play for. They didn't even what? think there's going to be in the league. Well, I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. But, I mean, too, if you look at it, again, if you look at it from a perspective of, like you said, DeMar and Zach hold the ball, they just might not have an opportunity. Even if they want to show, like, hey, I can do something. Hey, I belong in this league. If DeMar's like, nah, nobody's touching the ball but me. It kind of makes it hard to showcase yourself. And then Billy Donovan is like, oh, who's this dude? Yeah, I don't trust him. I'm not playing him. Right, like it makes it difficult to show, hey, I belong, hey, I got skills, when you are kind of put behind the eight ball like that. Like you said, Billy Donovan's playing what eight guys, guys that he knows, guys that he trusts. Like you can't build trust like that if you're not playing nobody. And then when you do play, I'm doing air quotes, a system, it is okay, Demar. Well, you know it's your turn now. All right, well I'm gonna take the next five shots. All right, you know, and then you got Kobe coming in. Like you know, Kobe gonna shoot like that. Like that is the one thing you know. If he don't right. do nothing else, he going to shoot. So right. you got Kobe, you got Damar, you know, Zach got to get his shots, right? Vooch is trying to get his shots. There's not a lot of ball for anybody else to do anything, to showcase anything. Let so it sh- does make it difficult, right? Like you have these guys, like you have, like, yeah, you get, you said you got a Stanley Johnson, you got a Tyler Cook, right? Like mm-hmm. if they're not doing anything essentially defensively, like unless you are a complete defensive stopper where they're like, okay, we got to keep this guy. Like, it's hard for them to make a mark or even show like, hey, yeah, I do need to be on this team. And again, like, I keep going back to like that. A lot of that is on coaching. Like a lot of this could be rectified with coaching. And to your point about, you know, the voice and the culture, to me, I think it could really be an easy fix. Like you said, like you got, you got it. You got a, you know, Jimmy Butler down in Miami. You got Udonis Haslam, like they're doing all this stuff. To me, if Zach steps up and is that fiery leader, Who's like, yo, nah, this is not gonna fly. Like, we need to get it together. If he's vocal, if he's that dude, right? Like, I think they can get it together because, like, we have to be like, Zach's their best player, right? Like, as great as Demar has been playing, Zach is the best player. 
mm-hmm. if he steps up and he's like, nah, I'm the one who's going to set the tone. I don't care what else is going on. Follow my lead, right? If he mm-hmm. stepped up and did that, I think that'll like that would change everything. Because right. like the thing is they're like they're like laid back dudes. Like that, like that's the thing. As much as we talk about, you know, Tristan Thompson, he does have championship, you know. But the thing is, like, he was never like that dude, right? Like it's like Udonis Haslam. Yeah, Udonis Haslam has championship, but he's not that dude, right? Like that's the thing. Right. If you got like you said, you brought it in Dwayne Wade, like Dwayne Wade was that dude. Jimmy Butler was that dude on the mm-hmm. team saying, nah, y'all gonna listen to me. You're gonna respect me, right? Like if Zach does that. Right, like I'm not, you know, I know Demar's been in the league for a while and everything, but like he's just completely all right. That's not his personality. Like he's a laid back type of dude. So like right. if, if that's gonna be that, like Zach needs to be the one to step up and set the tone and set the culture and be like, nah, like this this ain't gonna fly. Like we're not gonna have these half hearted efforts. And he's guilty of it too. There's plenty of times when I watch him and he's just dogging mm-hmm. it on defense. And it's like, like what, like how how do you expect? You know, your rookie to go out there and try. We can look at you and see you not even trying. Right? Like, where's my motivation to go out there and try to get into somebody? And I'm watching you let guys blow past you, and right, not so defend I, on the pick and roll. Here's here's the biggest thing that made me realize that this team was pretenders. And I want to know how uh, good you guys know me when they were winning. What did I not like about when they were winning? What did they do? They went in the locker room and was celebrating with water and throwing water on each other. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Oh, Demar Derozan when he and uh, yeah. And they yeah. didn't even beat nobody good. And I'm like, yeah. Demar Rosen, you a veteran. You know better than that, bro. You don't celebrate yeah, no regular yeah, season yeah. games against no bumps. And when they started doing that, I'm like, yeah, these guys are pretenders. And then you go out and play against a good team and get your ass blasted. And then I, well, even when you like, you know, have we we beat some good teams this year. I ain't see us celebrating like that. Mm-mm. It's just we were setting selling the wrong message that, you know, celebrating regular season moral victories. And that's kind of sets you up for failure. And I feel like during the season, you have to keep yourself even killed and focused. Even when you winning, you got to keep yourself on the goal. Yo, this ain't it. This ain't it. We want more. You got to keep yourself hungry. You can't be satisfied by no win over the Washington Wizards, man. Come on. <laughs> You know, if you can't, if you can't, if you're going like celebrate and be satisfied for beating a team like that, man, it's over. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't forget the Pacers either. He did hit those two back-to-back shots. Right, against the Pacers as well. Yeah, yeah. Just just give him the celebrations on back-to-back. And then against the Clippers. (laughs) The Clippers are a solid team, though. they, they're, They've been struggling solid. all year. I don't. I don't yeah. qualify them as. Well, they, they they didn't have Paul George or Kawhi for most of the year, but I right. mean they're a solid team. They beat them with Paul George. Like they're a solid team. I well, think like, they would be higher seeded if one of them played the entire season. Right. I let Reggie I, Jackson go off. <laughs> yeah, Reggie Jackson did go off on us, man. My thing is this, man. This Bulls team, they have the makeup. They can easily win this series. And they play they host play host the Milwaukee next weekend for Bulls fans out there. Also, please like and subscribe. Show your support for the channel. Um, yeah, man, like this team can can easily win the first round series, but they have to play with that hunger and play like that Chicago Bulls team that we've seen at the beginning of the year. I'm not trying to hear nothing about injuries no more. We hurt. They only got one guy out. Right. And you gonna tell me that only Lonzo Ball is the key to us winning? It's over. You, I mean, you're about to hear it as much as you don't want to. You're going to hear it. Like, in, in the same way, 
it was well when Caruso gets back, right? Like that's how mm-hmm. well, when Caruso gets back, then then we gonna be on the lines of going like, Oh, well, I mean, yeah, Caruso's back, but when Lonzo gets back, oh you know, and whoever like that's that's how it's that's how it's gonna be. Like I guarantee. But after people the season after the don't. season, I guarantee that they're gonna talk about yeah, how if we had Lonzo, mm-hmm. it would have been different. If we were healthy all year, it would have been different. I guarantee that's gonna happen. And you know why that's a shame? Because that nearly guarantees why we're gonna perform in this first round. Yeah, I, and I mean, like, like I said, uh, you know, on, on the previous fight, it's, it's to me, I expect them to lose, but it's not so much if they lose, it's how they lose. Like, if you are getting just completely obliterated the entire series, four games straight, you know, you get blown out by twenty something each game. All right, I, you know, maybe AK does decide to make a drastic move and try to trade for like Anthony Davis or something like that, right? Like, who knows? But if it's close, and like you said, like if all we need is a few tweaks, and it's like, okay, I just kind of, kind of retool a little bit, then you know, I think that that says like, okay, like you said, all right, maybe we do, you know, we need a big, we need to get a JaVale McGee type or something like that. Like I was talking about, I know when I we were doing a little trade tracker stuff, I was talking about like a, a Jackson Hayes from New Orleans, right, like a young big that can mm-hmm. run the floor, right? Like that's that's what I was thinking about. But you know, it may you know maybe if you know let's say we let's say our average you know margin loss was like three points for the season this series right it's like okay we got a pretty good core group of guys that we need right like it is just a couple tweaks like you said maybe it is just getting that big who knows you know maybe they trade Vooch he will be on the expiring contract so I want Christian Woods right I I mean again like I'm not so sure how much that changes their I guess they're like their rebounding problem and their def- you know their deficiency as far as having a rim protector. Well, I think they're gonna need multiple bigs. I wouldn't just yeah. grab one. But here's the thing, guys. Like I really had an emotional breakdown this 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 past weekend because not only did I, I find out that we were playing the Bucks, but I was at the Sixers game and found that out. And I'm thinking, all right, I wanted the Sixers to win. Because I thought, based on the, the teams being tied, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Bucks, that the mm-hmm. Bulls would end up playing the Celtics. And as the game is winding down and I'm leaving, I'm hearing that we're playing the Bucks, And I'm like, that's the worst possible matchup. But that was the matchup that I asked because I said, I want the Bulls to learn their lesson. I want AK to learn his lesson. But the thing that made me mad the most is to hear Bulls fans say, well, I'll be satisfied if we win two games. And that's just not the Chicago way, man. I've been a Bulls fan for like over 30 years. And we've never settled for just winning two games. And, right. you know, at the beginning of the year, we were number one, Greg. We're kicking everybody ass. And we're thinking we're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Then, like, our whole world just changed suddenly. And now I'm seeing, instead of us going to East Conference Finals, we're lucky to even win two games the first round. And our fans I would be happy with that. The expectations for uh, from our fans has to be higher. I mean, I guess I, I I look at it like this. I I agree in having championship aspirations. I feel like if you don't, if you're not trying for a championship, what's the point of you even being here? Mm-hmm. But I think in the city where the Bulls have not been good for a very long time, and nah, I, I wouldn't like, say a very long. It's only been like seven years, but before that, we was we was that's, fucking people that, up. That's still that's still <laughs> a long time. Like you've had a whole a whole ass dynasty in that time in the Warriors, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
and the Bulls have made, made like zero progress, right? Like yeah. this is the most progress that we've had basically since D Rose went down with that knee injury. Right. Right. Like this is the this is the most progress we've had. But you know how I felt about that, Greg? I felt like as soon as we got Fred Hoiberg and Jim Boylan out, I felt like we would go back to being that. Because I felt before they brought those guys in, we were still Chicago Pride. You know what I'm saying? That 2015 team with Paul Gasol, Aaron Brooks, um, Joe Kim Noah, Rose, yeah. um, Tom Gibson, Noah. That team, I felt like, was the best team we ever had. And the officials really had the Pearl Harbor us for LeBron to get by us because we should have beat LeBron that year. I don't care what nobody says. That sure, 2015 yeah. team with Paul Gasol should have beat LeBron. Yeah. And they robbed us. And I felt like, you know, after that, they just brought in this new culture of just shooting and zero defense. And that's where they went down. But I felt like when we get those guys out, I just felt like they was the bad apple. I never felt like our culture just, just is just going to go to this, that. I felt like we got them out and get somebody else in. We go back to, to Chicago basketball. And pretty for the most part, we have been doing that, you know, up until this point for these, these last few stretches. Well, I mean, with that, though, that was just management. And like you said, like going to Fred Hoiberg, they said, okay, we want to get shooters, but then they don't get shooters. And then you try to run a shooting offense. That's that's management, not giving the coach the players he needs. But I, I, I do think, you know, like I said, like I think a lot of, like you said, a lot of the, the fans right now are happy to be in the playoffs because we haven't had playoff basketball in a while. But I, for me, I feel like, like you said, looking at the makeup of the team and looking at what we could have did and looking at what we were doing for a point, we should have been a lot higher. Like, the expectations should be higher. And what, I, what I'm what i looking at is, and I'm hoping this doesn't happen, but I'm feeling like this is what's going to happen is next year, everybody is going to raise their level of expectations and then they're going to get let down if they decide to stand pat like if they go with that excuse of uh you know we just need to get healthy type of thing and we're gonna re-sign everybody and run it back it's gonna be a huge letdown next year like uh, I, I hope I, that if, hope that don't happen man i, I mean if, <laughs> if 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 we run it like if you run it that that if they run it back basically it's re-sign everybody that tells me that you absolutely learned nothing from this year exactly right? like if yeah. you decide i'm still not signing any bigs I'm still going to play small ball. I'm still not going to run. I'm still not going to implement any type of offense. I'm still not going to play any type of defense. It says you've learned nothing. And you're just like, oh, we weren't healthy. If we were healthy, like, then what? You're not going to outscore everybody all the time. Because your offense, like, you don't have the players for that. You're definitely not locking nobody down because you don't have the players for that. So then, like, what are you doing? Like, what is your identity? Because right now they kind of don't have one. It's whatever Demar wants to do, whatever Zach wants to oh, do. Oh no, 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 no! They got an identity, all right. What? What is listen, that? Listen, I've seen it in some games. I can even point out the games where they showed it. The Bulls like to force you. First of all, they press you at half court and they force you into turnovers and they gang up on you, the ball handler, and they force turnovers and they get out and run. That's their stop. Getting out and running, getting easy points, getting easy fast breaks throwing the ball around, sharing the ball, getting everybody cutting and, 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 you know what I'm saying, moving around. That's their game. But this half-court isolation with DeRozan, he's the bad apple. They got to get in his ear. Don't try to offend him, but mm-hmm. we got to go back to playing Chicago Bulls basketball. 
especially right. if they want to get out of this series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, let let me amend that, right? Like, if that is your identity, then don't play peekaboo with your identity. Don't don't be like, oh, okay, we're gonna do it for a game here, a game here, right? Like, if that is your identity, you need to go and impose that identity on everybody you play, instead of just, you know, it, it comes up sometimes, right? Like like you said, you could see it sometimes, not all the time, right? Like, and that's that's the issue that there is no real consistency with them it is dr jekyll and mr hyde with them sometimes they play great and you're like damn this is a really good team damn we could really go far and then other times you look at them like what the hell are y'all doing like why did y'all even bother taking the court right like and it's like that like that's what needs to change like you need some type of consistency with that and until that changes i don't like and this is the thing I, I'm not sitting over here saying like, oh, we need a complete overhaul because I don't think that's the case, mm-hmm. right? But I do think like things that we touched on are things that they need to do. They do need a new, a, somebody to step up and be that voice and not tolerate that crap. Like you said, well, for me, like somebody, somebody needs to get into Mars ear and be like, nah, this whole pound the rock iso ball thing, like that's not going to work. Like you could do it sometimes, right? Like that's fine. I get it in situations, but really, like you said, we need to get out there and run. We need to play defense, press you force you into turnovers and Billy Donovan you need an actual offensive system to AK you need some bigs and if you want to play that running you know that that running style you need some bigs that can run the floor so probably some young bigs like I said like a Jackson Hayes somebody like that right who can run the floor who can defend the rim and who don't necessarily need the ball in their hands to be effective here's my thing AK couldn't have built the Denver Nuggets by himself he couldn't have because you building this team the total opposite than how you built that team. That team has grit in, in Denver. That team has competitiveness in Denver. That team has versatility in Denver. You have to figure out different ways to beat teams. The teams mm-hmm. in the East that I feel like is going to cause a lot of trouble for teams in the, in the in the playoffs is Toronto and Boston. The reason why I say that is because they have multiple guys that can play multiple ways. You don't just have big men that can just play inside. They can come out and shoot as well. They can run the floor. They can play full court with you if you want them to. They can play half court. They're long as far as Toronto. Their bigs can shoot, so they pull you out from the basket. They can rebound. They can score on you in the post. They can run as well. They can shoot threes. Those two teams are very versatile. So I think in the upcoming years, and I said that about Cleveland too, Greg, their bigs can shoot and they can post you up. Yeah, but look at the coaches on those teams, though. Those coaches know what they're doing. Yeah, they, they do. see the talent that they have, and they're like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to use it. Okay, I, I have guys that are versatile, so I can do some things. Billy Donovan hasn't shown the ability to do that. Even if he had that team, there's no proof that he would be able to coach them in the way that, you know, Nick Nurse does or Ime Udoka does. Like, there's no proof. You know what? You know who I really want? I know it might be a stretch. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I will see if I can do whatever I can to get Cat over to um I love that. I I could go for that. And Cat gonna compete. Cat gonna compete. He's gonna compete. He gonna compete. He uh that's Zach's boy. Yeah. I will see whatever do whatever I can to bring Cat over there. Big, big upgrade from Pooch. Yeah, I mean I'll say this. I want angry cat. I don't want like <laughs> happy cat. Like, like, you don't want the like, kid. You don't want the kitten. You want the cat. Yeah, like if we could get cat to play Joel and Bead like every game, 
Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Like that the way he I'm, plays Joel, like that's the cat that I want. I'm like, sure we, I'm I'm sure he'll play big market, you know what I'm saying? He's playing with his boy. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show right after this. You're listening to the Bulls Guys Podcast, where we talk about your Chicago Bulls and give an unbiased take. Thank you for listening, and like and subscribe. You want the most uncensored and blunt podcast? The Bulls Guys Podcast, as only K-Dub and Greg Love can bring it to you. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, and all social media platforms. All right, back on the Bulls Guys Podcast. So we've reached the end of the show. Good to have my man KG here from the Bulls Out Facebook group. Probably going to have him on, on once again in the future. Also, my, my co-host Greg here. Um, y'all already know him, but KG... Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Ah, oh, let's see. Born and raised in Chicago, man. Been a Bulls fan all my life. My, my uncle Nick Weatherspoon used to play for the Bulls back in the late '70s, early '80s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, diehard sports fan. You said he used uh, to play for the Bulls. Yes, sir. Nick Weatherspoon. Oh, I'm gonna look him up. He actually got drafted in '73. Yeah, I was born same year that Doug Collins got got drafted. Went to uh, Illinois, like myself. Right. That's interesting, man. Well, we're going to try to have you on, man. You're part of the uh, Bulls Guys family now. I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate it. All right, Greg, get closing thoughts. Man, overall, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I'm kind of ready just for this series to be over. <laughs> ready? I, I honestly feel like it's going to be a bloodbath. If, if they keep playing the way... I mean, let's, let's take last night out of it because Zach, DeMar, they didn't play and they were basically playing backups. But looking at basically what they were a four or five game losing streak, if they're going to keep playing that type of ball, I don't even want to watch, man. Like, it, it's it's going to be bad. Now, if I can get some, you know, the early moves when they were the number one seed, okay, you know, I, I'll tune in for that, you know. Like, it's going to be competitive. But, you know, again, we played them four times, and Billy Donovan is not showing the ability to adjust to Milwaukee. Maybe he was trying to hold his cards out for the playoffs, but I seriously doubt it. But, yeah, man, like, I, I'm, I'm going to watch because, you know, I'm a fan and I can't help myself. I'm going to watch. But if, if, it, if it just looks bad, I can't see myself, like, stick it, like, stick it in just to, just to let myself be tortured like that. Well, I'm hearing a lot of talking from Pat. I'm hearing a lot of talking from Demar and quotes from him saying they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. Listen, I'm tired of hearing the talking, man. I want to see y'all really go out there and, and prove yourself and at least play Chicago Bulls basketball, force this team to at least work hard in this series. And I think they can do it. Like I said, they have the tools and the game plan to to, to beat this team, but they have to know what it takes to beat this team, and they have to put their selfishness behind them and see it as a team. If we share the ball, we can win as a group, you know. But I, I think they can do it, man. But um, you know, I'm ready for the playoffs, and it's just happy. I'm just happy to see these guys make it, you know, after going through everything we went through. But you know, I'm more happy for the fans that haven't seen this team in the playoffs for what seven years, what five years? Yeah, 
I'm yeah. happy for them, man, to finally get Chicago Bulls basketball back in the playoffs, putting Chicago back on the map. I was, I'm not born in Chicago, man, but I'm Chicago blood, man. And I even know Chicago style and the Chicago way more than Chicago is. They said they sitting up here talking about we want to just win two games and go home. Like, nah, that's not the Chicago way, man. And that baby Bulls team in 2007 that swept the heat, that should have just been happy just to be in the playoffs. No, they're like, we want y'all to out. We want to take y'all out. We're not just trying to make a message just as a team in the play. We want to take y'all out. And that's a team that set the trend for me and showed, yo, Michael Jordan ain't here, but Chicago Bulls basketball is back. Definitely. And we have to maintain that. And, you know, we have to – we owe those guys that set that culture to keep that culture going. Yeah. But that's our show tonight, Bulls fans. Thank you for, for joining us tonight. Please like and subscribe. Leave your comments below on anything that we spoke about. It was a great discussion. Glad to have you guys on. Go Bulls. Let's go Bulls. Go Bulls.